This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Well, there you go. That uh, that sound already brings us into Straight Talk, which is your opportunity to have influence on the show, and influence is what we want you to have. And so all you have to do is call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. Or if you don't want to do that, you can actually go on the Facebook page uh, and uh, for Real Presence Radio and uh, submit your question that way. So that was a great interview that we had with Rob, oh, Rob Janusi. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, his, uh, <clears throat> his story is obviously very compelling and how faith played a role from the, from the best of the times to the worst of times is, uh, is, um, uh, is obviously he's a great example to that sort of thing. And so it's, a, uh, it's emotional. It's an emotional type of uh, story, especially you know, for somebody like me who walked with him in that and knowing uh, his, his great suffering in it all was incredible. Yes, I'm so glad he came out of it. And he's got his joy back. And it's, he's- it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's like it, it's a cliche to say a lot of times, but it's so true. It's like people will say, "Well, I don't know how people without faith get through things like this," you know. And so he's a perfect example of that. It's like he had the faith that got him through it. But uh, so anyhow, this is your opportunity to make a phone call. You can call it with any type of question. It can be a religious question. Probably that's going to be the primary way. But then also you can do things around that's going on in the world today, modern uh, current events, anything that is uh, getting your goat about what might you be seeing in the news. You can talk about that and at least hear a Catholic perspective on uh, our take on it. You can do that by calling 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or on Real Presence Live Facebook page. You don't even have to be on the air. You can just tell the person on the phone what you want to ask, and then they will uh, they will ask it for you. And I think we've got one coming in. This might be the earliest ever. We do. Maybe I don't know. I don't think we do. Mm, We're waiting. I'm not sure. We'll anyhow, see. anyhow. So great. um. Uh, is there anything, as we wait for listeners to actually call in, Cindy, is there anything going on in the world that you want to talk about? Well, I'm, I'm not there's sure. A, there's a lot going on <laughs> in the world, Cindy. There's a lot going on. I'm trying <clears throat> to sit, you know, remain a little bit distant from it just yeah. because it's better for my mental health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that we are, I mean, so I think that I honestly think we're living in the craziest times of my entire lifehood. Yes, in my entire lifetime, here. I should say. And Things so, are happening. I am shocked to the max. I can't but I can't that. help that it's happening for a reason. And yeah. so I'm just trying to keep separating myself from the world and just stay focused on right, right. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Anyhow, what about so, you? No, you need to talk. What well, I mean, there's there's so many things going on in the world that there should be tons of people calling in because the craziness of the world going on and how do we respond to these things from a faith perspective should be on everybody's mind. And so one of the things I want to just throw out there that I you know I think it was like last month we had the guest Brian Birch from Real uh, from a Catholic Vote is to stress to, for listeners to get on the loop again. So I did this last month. The loop is a daily news um, uh, email that you get from an organization called catholicvote.org. It comes every day, and it's the news you get every morning from a solid, conservative, orthodox, Catholic perspective. And it's the best thing. It is the, it is the tip of the spear of the culture wars. Look, I'm honest, please, if you're a listener and you're listening right now, get on The Loop. You just go to the catholicvote.org website, 
and right on the top, you sign up for the loop. And it will, it, it, it is so, to me, it's the best thing that I look forward to besides the sacrament, besides my, my morning prayer in the Mass. I love looking forward to the loop because it just so informs me as to what's going on in the world from a Catholic perspective. I cannot endorse the loop enough. It is so great. And you know what's it's, great about it? It's like they have your back. It's they like do have they your back. They know what's going on exactly. from a Catholic perspective. And they and it just makes me, it brings this kind of But the thing peace. is, it's also depressing. You know, I because know, it's like it they're, they're focused on things that are like, are really amazing. Like, what is the government doing? Our government's gone insane. At least aspects of the government have gone insane. It's like, like in California, I just heard like just yesterday that the governor now is mandating that all department stores have to have gender gender neutral toys sections in every single store. It's like, what's he so doing? Silly. Who in the heck is he? You know, it's like, and if, and if you don't think that that's a, like this whole transgender stuff is not a mess and how like these liberal governors are, are causing this, uh, um, uh, craziness in this asinine aspect of our society it's nuts and so the thing about catholic vote in the loop it's it helps equip us to to fight back against stuff like that so anyhow i can really get on my own uh soapbox you know we what got, it's well we have we have a, um, a listener question uh coming in he's not on the phone so i'm going to read his question so this is stephen from whitewood south dakota he has two, a two-part question okay so thanks stephen so here's the question can you still use holy water if it is frozen as its nature has changed, well, I mean, that's an interesting question. If it's if it's holy water, and I mean, well, let me say, let me put it this way. So it's like, I was in a church one time where we lost the heat in my parish. It was a little tiny parish out in a rural area. And I remember the holy water fonts froze. And so uh, it was still holy water, <laughs> but they were frozen. And so I would say, yes, even though the nature hasn't changed really, uh, it's still water. It's just that it's in a different state. So, yeah, I'd say you can still use it. If it is frozen, here's your second question. If it is frozen and you cannot use it, but I said you can, does it have to be re-blessed once it melts? I would say no. Hmm. Thanks, uh, nice. uh, thanks Stephen, for the question. A thought-provoking question, one yeah. I haven't gotten before. And so I like those original type of questions. But any kind of question. So we want you as the listener to be as bold as Stephen was by throwing out a question. You can do that by calling 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I said uh, I said this morning in my weekday mass crowd because we're listening we're reading Paul's letter to the Romans now for the next four weeks, which is easy for priests to preach on because there's so much to the Romans. But uh, basically, Paul in today's um, section of the letter to the Romans is talking about how the pagans, you know, worship God's creation rather than God himself. And so they, they cloud their minds and they become they become arrogant in that. And that's what Paul was talking about today. And I brought that back to the idea. It's like, we, we can't pretend that we're not living in paganism times today. People aren't worshiping cows or the moon, but they are worshiping government. And planet. Yeah, well, yeah, climate change and the government. I mean, everybody bends the knee to the government. That's why we're talking about governors like in California. They, they usurp all this power and usurp uh, religious liberties. And, and so speaking of the loop again, I, I just quoted uh, G.K. Chesterton. That the, the loop had a quote from G.K. Chesterton on just this morning. And I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head now, but it was like, if you, if you, uh, quit, if you quit worshiping God, you're going to start worshiping the state. And that's exactly what G.K. Chesterton was saying that at the beginning of the 20th century. And so we are certainly living in that period of time now where um, uh, the, the modern day paganism is worship of the state worship of the environment and uh and when you start worshiping the state and you start worshiping the environment you are not worshiping god 
And so uh, our, we are living in times where I think that we are on the on the on the verge of of um, of persecution for the faithful Catholic. And, and I so, feel like it like you are either following Christ or you're following flawed man, which ends right. in hypocrisy. And yep. we can see that. I think that's part of the frustrating well, part. Well, Jesus even said that. He said either you're with me or you're against me. You yeah. know? So it's, yeah. it is crazy. we yep. got to get Christ out there. we got some evangelizing to do. Yeah. It's, uh, speaking of G.K. Chesterton, uh, another quote that I, I often quote him here is that, uh, again, he said this in the 1920s, and so it doesn't apply so much today, but uh, he said the problem with Catholics these days is that nobody's trying to kill them. And what he meant by that, what he meant by that is like yeah. Catholics too much resemble the rest of society. And so the problem with Catholics these days is that nobody's trying to kill them. But yet I would say now if we're faithful Catholics and if we are, like Rob was saying earlier, if we're church going, faithful Catholics, we're doing the sacraments, uh, we should be standing out. And if we are standing out, then uh, we will be persecuted. It's, there's no doubt about it, but bring on the persecution. I'm all for it. You know, nowhere, nowhere in the New Testament is there ever any indication. Now, think back first now, is that the entire time that the New Testament was written, the church was being persecuted. The entire time. People were being killed for being Christian. Mm-hmm. So the entire time of the New Testament's being written, you were, you were a dead person walking if you were found as a Christian. And yet, no time in the New Testament is there ever any indication in which the authors of the New Testament ask God to be spared of persecution. Rather, what they ask for is to have endurance and strength in the light of persecution. And so, if we're faithful to the gospel, if we're faithful to Christ in this pagan generation of the worship of the environment, the worship of the government, then there will be persecution. So, we shouldn't be praying to God asking him to spare us of persecution, because that's what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen if we're faithful to Christ. But... Uh, we should be praying for perseverance. That's what we need. I want my palm leaf. Your palm leaf? You want to be a martyr? Hey, yeah. I think that's probably we're, the best yeah, way to well, go. That's where, that's where G.K. Chesterton <laughs> spoke of it. And so, uh, yeah, the palm is the uh, the symbol of the martyr. And so call 877-795-0122. We are in a period of history in which there is a lot of things that people should be able to call and ask questions about how the world is going from a Catholic perspective. You can do that very anonymously from your phone without even saying your name if you don't want to, or you can do it on our Facebook page or make that phone call again, 877-795-0122. I know that we, have a, we do have a, a, um, a question coming in, but we're going to wait until it matures before we answer the question. So California, you think he's scared to have multiple areas so that the kids might choose their own sex toys? Who? Not sex I'm toys. Not sex <laughs> toys, but like their own gender yeah, toys. Yeah, like, like, you know, like dolls versus <laughs> that the... That came out horrible. Yeah, that did come out horrible. Uh, like, like, uh, like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't want to say, well, Barbie dolls can only be for girls or trucks can only be for boys. And so the guy's nuts. You know, I mean, I don't mind... It's not being partisan because it doesn't matter what your party is. If, you, if you're somebody like that and you are so focused on power and having the government's power uh, do, I mean, this guy's, not, they, I know they just had that recall vote, but, you know, the people in California are kind of crazy too that they'd keep voting that guy, uh, that type of a leader. I'm not sure in. they did. But well, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily delve into conspiracy theory stuff. But oh. either way, Fulton Sheen used to always say that you, d- you get the leaders you deserve. 
And if we if we've abandoned Christ, if we've abandoned God as a society and as a culture, as it seems more and more we have, then we get those types of, of leaders, right? And so we get the leaders that. We, but there's always going to be the faithful remnant. There's always going to be faithful people, and those are the people that we have to, um, uh, you know, uh, be supportive of. It's it's better to have it's better to have. Um, uh, a small faithful church than a large one that's not faithful. So call 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122 or our Facebook page. Finally, our our question is green. It's a long question, so I will read this. So Sherry from Two Harbors, Minnesota. She has a lot of Catholic friends who are struggling with Pope Francis and would like to know why Pope Francis is not is not admonishing our country's leaders and their outspoken Catholic beliefs, which are contrary to, to our, which are contrary to our Catholic beliefs. Why is he not admonishing them? It's not what we do. Not, it's not that we don't love him. It seems that he is coddling a section of followers. Okay, so uh, Sherry from Two Harbors, thank you very much for your question. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, we just had our um, uh, clergy conference in the diocese of Duluth, and a lot of you know our priests that we get together, we talked about this, like. You know, Pope Francis seems to, in many ways, give uh, you know confusing uh, messages to the faithful, and you might do that in uh, various different ways. And and it seems like lots of the times we priests that are on the front line have to kind of clean up the clarification that what Pope Francis might say or might do. And so, you know, Sherry, from your uh, from your question right now, you're probably in referencing to um, his meeting with uh, um, Nancy Pelosi. Now we don't know what happened in the private conversation. That the Pope had right with Nancy Pelosi, we don't know. He he very well could have, and I wouldn't be surprised. Pope Francis, you know, whatever whatever thing you might think that he's controversial about Pope Francis, one thing that you can be absolutely sure of, he's consistently, strongly, adamantly pro-life. Absolutely, he is. He's been very, very firm on his pro-life stances. So what do you what what do you do when you're a Pope and you're meeting with people that are supposedly Catholic that are totally like? like thinking killing babies is like a virtuous thing because that's what it seems like Nancy Pelosi thinks, right? She she thinks it's a good thing. So if you're a pope, what do you try what do you do? You know, I mean, you have to be careful on how you handle something like that because it can actually come back and be contrary. It can actually become counterproductive to where a lot of people say, "See, look at those Catholic church, the you know, they're just, you know, uh, people can say, "Look at how the Catholic leaders treat people like that." And there's a lot of people that don't have faith that would view a rebuke, a public rebuke, as eschewing Catholicism even more. Now, that might be how Pope Francis is looking at it. I don't know. Uh, but I would say, you know, nobody knows what it's like to be a pope until you're a pope. And so I can't say, well, this is what I would have done. Uh, and But I would say in my own heart of hearts, I would have a hard time uh dealing with that as Pope. Now, I'll tell you what I wouldn't have a hard time dealing with, and you may have heard about this on the news, uh, sharing listeners, that that um, uh, Nancy Pelosi, you know, take the Pope thing off the table, okay? So Nancy Pelosi, uh, you may have heard, was at Mass in a church in Rome, and there was a, uh, like a protest going on about COVID uh, restrictions right outside. And they actually took her out of the Mass because they were worried about her security. Now, the thing... The thing that is problematic here is that the priest asked her to do the reading, to lecture. All right, that is more egregious and asinine than Pope Francis meeting with her, because he was asking her 
to do a ministry within the sacrament of the Eucharist. That is more problematic. That is more problematic. When you're dealing with heads of state, when you're talking about the head of the church, we have no idea the conversation that Pope Francis had with Nancy Pelosi. And so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to trust uh, that he did speak to it uh, and pray for her conversion. But it gets worse when we have the 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 craziness of priests out there saying, "Yes, it's a good idea to have Nancy Pelosi read at a Sunday mass." I have a big problem with that. Big big problem with that. And so uh, it's. Um, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, Sherry, but uh, um, trust in the Holy Spirit and the guidance of, of, a, of a leader, uh, Pope Francis. I, I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he admonished her. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I don't know it, but uh, he's very firm on the pro-life issues. So thank you, that's a, uh, uh, Sherry, for that question. Uh, call 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or on our Facebook page. Uh, lots of good questions. There's a lot of craziness going on and in the world right now. And, and uh, I mean, there's, I, well, the whole woke Catholic culture is something that really gets my goat. And, uh, uh, you know, well, anyhow, I, I could go down to a whole bunch of different things, but this is not my time to pontificate. This is your time to call in with a question with 877-795-0122. Cindy? Yes. That's, Any that questions? No, I'm just wondering how um, Pelosi got to Italy. <laughs> just kidding. Well, I've you been can trying get to get to there Italy. for two years. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, the thing is, is that Italy is very strict on their COVID restrictions, and you're not as strict on your COVID uh, ideas. Oh, what? And so uh, I'm sure that she followed all the, you know, uh, Bishop uh, Felton just came back from Italy. And so I asked him at our clergy conference how it went. And he said, yeah, he said, there's a little bit more challenge about getting to the country. He said, but once you're there, it's like, he said, they have these, you know, you have to show your green cards sometimes, but, you know, some, they don't really focus on that too much. It's a matter of getting there and getting back. You know, it's mostly taking the test or having had the vaccination. And so um, uh, it was pretty easy, he said, once he got there. Do you still have to quarantine for a certain amount of time? Only if you haven't been sacrificed. Only if you haven't had the vaccine okay. for five days. Okay, on Facebook, Michelle, Aquinas said all creatures have a soul different from human souls. The environment is a gift from God, a way of learning about him and their... Therefore, should be cared for. Where is the line between worshiping the environment and caring for it? Very good, Michelle. Oh, that That's a, is, that good is a great uh, question. Yeah, and so you know, the Catholic Church is um, very, very focused on the environment. Now, here in the United States, and maybe all throughout the world, we tend to politicize that. The church doesn't look at the environment in a politicized way. At least it shouldn't. The, let me put it this way. The magisterial teaching of the church. So I'm not talking about like a comment that Pope Francis makes, but I'm talking about the authoritative magisterial actually proclamation of church official teaching is very focused on the environment, but for a different reason than what politicized focus of the environment is. We view um, uh, the environment that God created the environment and that we know that God reveals himself through nature. You can't help but look at the harmony and the beauty of nature in, from, from, from microscopic to telescopes. The harmony and the beauty and the intricacies of nature, you can't look at that and say, nope, there's no such thing as a God. Nature actually draws us to God because we see the beauty of his creation. And so the church is an environmental, uh, focuses on the environment for that, from that standpoint. 
we don't want it to hurt the environment to where it makes it more difficult to see God and be drawn to God in his creation. God is the creator of the environment. The environment is not God. And so the problem is, is when extreme environmentalists, and I won't even say extreme, a lot of environmentalists would view the, the greatest uh, issue is the environment. That the environment is even more important than humans. Church would never say something like that. The church says protect the environment so that we can see God's revelation in the environment, not for some politicized reason. And so uh, there, there, is a, there is a kind of a broad line in regards to um, protecting the environment, and we're stewards of the environment. That's what the book of Genesis says. We have stewardship over the environment. That's our role as humans. And that's a far cry from worshiping the environment. And all too often, the people that are really entrenched in the environmental aspect of things, is, as we were talking a little bit a uh, few minutes ago, it's like, you know, if you, if you abandon God, if you abandon Christ, you start to worship the government, you start to worship the environment. And so uh, protecting the environment so you can see God in the environment, protecting nature so you can see God in nature is a far cry than making nature a God. Well put. I like that. Thank you. Michelle, that was a great, um, a great question, so thank you very much. And so it's just a matter of balance, right? It's a matter of, um, uh, you know, here's the other thing I don't like. It's like, you know, I mean, you know, our modern society seems to, you know, St. Francis is a very popular saint. He's super popular in Italy. He's like the most popular saint in Italy, him and Padre Peel. But it's like, it seems like the secular culture has taken Francis of Sisi and made him into this thing that he's not in regards to like this big, you know, guy in regards to environment and animal rights and stuff like that. And so, you know, I mean, he's, he is the patron saint of, of ecology. He is. Because he did focus on God's revelation in nature. Not that nature was a God itself. And so, Francis of Assisi was much more concerned about human beings getting close to Christ than protecting, um, um, you know, minnows in a certain stream. You know, and so and so Francis of Assisi has been as a, as a great saint whose feast day was just a few days ago uh, has been hijacked by I think uh, lots of the uh, the green movement. You know, the green movement is a good thing if you if you use it as to say I'm protecting nature so that we can see God in it. I think one of the very first stories I ever heard about kind of that area of going beyond what you're supposed to in the climate was these girls crying and praying to a rock because the rock was going to be moved. Or to trees. And you're yeah. like, okay, wait, Those this is becoming nuts. a religion. It is a religion. It's not becoming a religion. It is firmly established well, as a religion. <laughs> so call 877 We've only had a couple of questions so far. Nobody on the air. We only have a few minutes, probably four or five minutes left of straight talk. 877-795-0122. There are so many things that we could talk about because our world is going mad. Or you can also submit the question through our Facebook page. 877-795-0122. Yeah, I think what this pandemic has kind of taught us as Christians is just to not be so... I don't know, relying on the world so much, maybe a little more separation, trying to prepare us. Maybe people are kind of over time getting it, and maybe that's why they don't have so many questions about the, it. The, the problem with the pandemic is not the pandemic. The problem with the pandemic is the government's response to the pandemic and organizations' response to the pandemic. The pandemic is the pandemic. The problem is how our governments have restricted freedoms, forced things upon people against their will that we would never have had otherwise. All right, we have another question on Facebook. Phil, early, so this is a question from Phil. Early Christians 
had great courage and risked the sword to practice their faith. Today we are afraid of a virus, question mark. Was it in error to close the mass and sacraments to the public during COVID? Phil, excellent question. So it's very easy to uh, respond to that question with a hindsight 2020. There was, obviously, we had no idea what was coming across. <laughs> we had no idea what was coming across the, uh, the um, ocean to us. And so uh, in saying that, um, it, with hindsight 2020, absolutely, we should never, ever have closed it. Ever, never, we should never have closed it. We know a lot better now. There was a great fear, a lot of concern, obviously, you know, at the time. Uh, and so, you know, caution was, was, was the route that people went. But, you know, I, I, will say, I will say this, is that I actually kind of violated the rule. If I had people ask me to come to Mass during that uh, closed time, I said, the church is unlocked. If you want to come, you can come. And so um, I didn't have big crowds because a lot of people were afraid. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we are wimps compared to Christians today. How would we have handled, at least in the United States, how would we have handled the outright persecution that the Romans endured, you know? But I do think, I also do think that our faith does our faith does actually uh, step up to the plate. You know, I mean, you, you see, look at Pol look at the Soviet Union and, and even the, the Nazis and how they persecuted, you know, the faithful. And yet people, their faith, you know, in adversity, your faith gets stronger. That was our last guest with Rob Janussi. In adversity, your faith gets stronger. And so looking hindsight 2020, yes, we should never have closed off the sacraments ever. It was ridiculous. But that's the hindsight 2020. And it we happened need, in 2020. We, we need more courage. Yeah, it happened in 2020. All right, we have another uh, question. Oh, on the phone. Eli from Fargo, are you there? How are you? Very good. Hi, Eli. What's your so question? I, my, my question is, what's the difference between All Saints Day and All Souls Day? And oh, a, isn't All Souls Day kind of redundant? Um, Eli, you, are, you have a brilliant question. And so, uh, so uh, yeah, All Saints Day is, um, well, All Souls Day, is it redundant? Well, we all have souls. But All Saints Day, of course, is focused on the, the um, church triumphant, right? The saints that have gone before us and are now with God. Those are the saints. That's a definition of a saint, all right? Somebody who's with God in heaven. And so in All Souls Day, it's more of the idea of purgatory, right? And the souls that, and we, we the, the details about purgatory is not a focus that I'm going to talk about now with only two minutes left of, of this segment. But we also know that there are the souls that have died that are not yet through the process in regards to purification before getting to heaven. We call that purgatory. We don't know the details of purgatory, uh, um, but we, are, we know it's part of Catholic tradition, Christian tradition, dating back to the very first century. Because in the very first century, the very first generation of, of Christians, you can see epitaphs on tombs about asking the people looking at the epitaphs to pray for the soul. And so from the very beginning, we knew that we had to pray for souls that were not yet, that have died, that have not yet gotten to heaven. So All Souls Day is basically praying for purgatory, whatever that purgatory might look like, that our prayers do have value and can affect them in a positive way. So the saints are the church uh, triumphant in heaven, and All Souls Days are, are, are those that have died and are still on their way to heaven. Does that help, Eli? That's great. Thanks, Father. All right. Thanks You've got a lot. one minute if you want another question. <laughs> well, that's okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the, uh, we've had a few good questions, and Eli was the bold guy that was on the uh, on the air with us. And so um, a lot going on in the world. I think that um, uh, a lot of people, you know, in, in my daily life as a priest, a lot of people are definitely coming and talking to me about what's going on in the world. That's very much a focal point of my world as well. It's like, it's like I stay abreast of everything going on in the crazy world. And so... 
how to address these things from a Catholic perspective is more and more important as our world and our country is becoming more and more pagan. All right, so that is the end of our straight talk. After this break, we will be on line with another guest who is serving the church or hopes to serve the church in a whole new way. 